This is the Hashtag Higher Ed Podcast, presented by eCity Interactive. eCity creates websites, marketing campaigns, and magic for higher ed institutions, large and small. Every digital challenge has a solution. eCity's talented team of problem solvers will help you find yours. And now, here's your host, Stephen App. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Hashtag Higher Ed Podcast. I am your host, Stephen App. Uh, really cool show today. You know, we talk a lot on this podcast about enrollment marketing and social media, uh, but we're we're turning the tassel on today's episode, so to speak, uh, by talking digital fundraising and stewardship, and in particular, uh, Purdue University's Day of Giving. You know, Purdue's Day of Giving is considered really the gold standard uh, by many when it comes to days of giving. And so I'm really excited about the two guests we have uh, with us today. Kate Jolly, who is the Director of Digital Fundraising at Purdue University, and Amber Turner, who is the Senior Director of Annual Giving and Stewardship. Uh, Kate and Amber, thank you so much for joining, and and welcome to the Hashtag Higher Ed Podcast. Thanks. We're excited to be here and excited to elaborate on our day of giving with you. Yeah, and let's let's just start there. I mean, for those who are unfamiliar with Purdue University's Day of Giving, I know you've been running it for several years now. You know, can you give us some context about what exactly the Day of Giving is at Purdue University? Absolutely. So Purdue Day of Giving is a 24-hour online-driven social media fundraising event where we look to target everyone in the Purdue community and um, have everyone come together to what we always say, to build a better, stronger, more affordable Purdue. So we pride ourselves that during that time frame, um, we allow our donors to give anywhere that they are passionate about within the institution and really are just looking to come together to make the biggest impact possible. And can I ask, is it always on the same day? Is it Giving Tuesday? Do you choose a, a different day? How do you figure that out? No, ours is actually in the spring. We hold it on the last Wednesday of April every year. So on Purdue's campus, that is considered dead week. So students are, um, it's the week before finals. So they don't have classes or really preparation. They shouldn't have exams or anything. So they're procrastinating studying for these finals by being on social media. So it only helps us. Um, Also, April is really just a more exciting time right now at Purdue. Uh, We have our spring football game. The second week of April, we have a Cancer Center Challenge run that happens that same weekend. And then there's also Spring Fest, which is a community and faculty and staff event uh, put on by our College of Agriculture. And then the weekend prior to our day of giving is what's considered Grand Prix race. So the greatest spectacle in college racing, uh, as they say it. And so it really brings alumni back to campus and really um, creates a really fun atmosphere before the day. It's much more energized around here. So we find that that is a better approach for our institution to take than a Giving Tuesday. We find that Giving Tuesday, it's really hard to compete with all the other not-for-profits that are having giving days during that 24-hour period. And so we don't wanna be lost in the clutter or in the shuffle of somebody's inbox. And so we find it best for us to have it in April. It's hard to compete with those cute dogs and the emails. Cute dogs are always tough competition, yeah. no matter what, no matter what it is. Between dogs and babies. And I know you've been running it for a couple of years. Uh, when did you actually first start running your days of giving? Our first day of giving was in 2014. So this past year was our fourth day of giving, and we will have it again next year. So we'll be going on our fifth year. 
And what, I mean, besides, I think the obvious would be we want to raise money for Purdue. But besides that, I mean, what initially spurred you to go and launch a 24-hour fundraising concept? So in 2014, well, really at the end of 2013, our vice president for development approached our annual giving team with a big idea concept. And we brainstormed on how do we get more participation. So while the dollar amount is phenomenal, don't get me wrong, we uh, of course love to see the numbers that we're bringing in go up. But the participation is really what we're looking for. So we wanted to obviously increase new donors was our primary goal. And in doing so, we thought a student audience would be the best approach to take. So we started brainstorming. We had a few student initiatives. And then while we were planning, you know, go big or go home, it's big ideas. And we were looking to really make a splash. And so we targeted the entire Purdue community to come together for this one event. And it really paid off. Um, We've had obviously great success with doing it with that approach and with really engaging the entire campus community and participating around one central message and um, to really come together and make a difference. Yeah, and I imagine with this this big idea concept, as he called it, I mean, you've got to be planning for this well in advance. I mean, when do you start planning for this? We're always looking at different ideas throughout the year. So we really look to our retail peers or just other other peers outside of higher ed because they have such great ideas and we try to tailor those then to our day of giving or to higher ed things that we do. Um, so we're always looking for those ideas, but we typically start our planning in October. I will say a caveat in 2014, we signed contracts and started our day in planning in January. I would not recommend a four month time frame on planning. <laughs> so about eight months is really, um, eight to six months is really good for us. That's incredible. And then I imagine even if you started planning in July, that the actual day of in late April has got to be somewhat, uh, I guess, in my mind, it's chaotic. But can you describe what the environment is like during the actual day of giving for your staff, your team? We have a war room on the day that serves as the hub. So that's where our staff comes together. So we have our social media managers there monitoring the conversation. Amber and I are both there. Uh, We have our marketing vendor there who helps us award the hourly challenges that relate to socially driven things. So it's an unbiased opinion of Purdue units. Um, Our vice president for development stays the whole 24 hours. Um, it's just a really fun atmosphere. And we now have it in our in our big banquet room in our building. So we invite staff to come from all of the colleges and units, and they're really they really help to bring different energy throughout the day. Uh, it's it's just a great time to see. Um, there's a lot of pranks that happen on the day. Uh, the internal competition between development officers is great to see. This past year, we had two um, schools of engineering, their development officers were competing for one of the top three spots on the leaderboard. And they would come in and we'd enter a a large gift for them that they had closed on the day. And so it was fun to see that competition. And then I hope that everybody gets the day off following the day of giving. Is that right? We don't come into the office, but we don't typically leave until the morning hours of the following day. And then are still spending the day switching the website over, facilitating the stewardship that needs to happen after the day. And um, if we're lucky enough, we end up having some news or media outlets contacting us to find out exactly how it all transpired. So Well, we do not come in unless we have to. We're still working remotely. Oh, my goodness. Warriors here at (laughs) Purdue University. 
I mean, how I imagine this has grown right from 2014 to to now you're you're coming into this 2017 uh, or version of this day of giving. I mean, can you talk to me how your department has evolved since the first day of giving to to today? Absolutely. So in 2014, I served as the project manager. I also served as the project manager in 2015 with Kate being my counterpart during both of those years. Um, Together, we really worked with two other key individuals within our office um, to help facilitate the day. So we have a core team and the four of us have been that core team since 2014. It's really great. So it's um, our executive director of philanthropic communication serves in that capacity. And so does our assistant vice president for development operations who oversees our annual giving, our stewardship, our gift processing, our systems department and research. And so he really provides the the support on the logistical side of the house. So we have brand and logistics and then two people from our annual giving team really work together to facilitate it. We all we always joke we um, all kind of encompass different generations. And so it's if it works for all of us, then we know that it should work for the broad based Purdue community. And so we work together, but we also have a larger committee that serves as kind of our our sounding board and really just our buy-in. So we have someone from athletics, someone from our alumni association, some of our key stakeholders across our campus units. And then we try to hit all of those different departments within our development um, community to have somebody there that can really say, this wouldn't work for our group or this would work for our group. Can you develop messaging centered around this? Um, In years one and two, they really just served in that capacity, I would say, as kind of just the sounding board. But in years three and four, Kate's done a great job at getting them more involved and really owning their role and having outcomes or deliverables. So year one and year two, we knew we didn't have necessarily the buy-in to be able to kind of task them with actual things to execute. We just needed people to understand what we were trying to accomplish and really just have them take a leap of faith with us in the day. But now that we've kind of developed this well-oiled machine, it's easier for us to have people really take ownership. Hmm. And I mean, if we flip the script a little bit and look extra, I know you talked about social media and how it's such a crucial part of this day of giving. I mean, social from 2014 to today has just changed you know, an incredible amount. I mean, how do you adapt to new platforms, new technologies, new algorithms, uh, just the new approach um, each and every year? Absolutely. So in 2014, really Facebook was king. And while we still see that as um, the case, we really centered all of our media by and um, social media posts. I think our toolkit was only centered around Facebook that year. So we put all of our eggs in that basket and saw a good return, but it makes it obviously more difficult with privacy settings to be able to garner the social media content that's being developed by our constituents' population. So um, that was kind of our approach. Then in 2015, we added Twitter to the components. We know students really lived in that that, um, realm and were we're really focused there at sharing messages. So while we dabbled in Twitter with social media in 14, we then started to expand our toolkit per se for our units in 15 to encompass that branding. Yeah, and then this past year we instituted Snapchat. So we had a Snapchat challenge um, for the day as well as a Snapchat 
scavenger hunt to engage the students, and then Instagram as well. And we increased our paid media budget to also include those platforms, not Snapchat, it has a very large buy-in, but Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we do dabble with LinkedIn advertising. We have a large international population of alumni and know that they are on LinkedIn a little bit more, but we have to be careful with the messaging because it is a networking platform and you don't want to just sound, you have to sound more newsworthy um, than just the promotion normally that's on Facebook. And then something we also look at are the algorithms and the trends that are happening within each social network. So in 2014, actually, on the day, the algorithm of Facebook changed to that if it was a post with just, just a status update, would have more of a reach than a post with a photo. So we had developed all these great photos um, that our marketing team had put together, but they weren't getting the reach as just a status update. So we had to adjust um, midday to, to, tend or to, to adjust to that um, algorithm. We're really fortunate to have great partners that really help us to facilitate the listening on social and the monitoring of the algorithm so that we're able to adjust on the fly. And while we have so many participating units, I think last year we had 62 in which um, we're trying to then send them out communications to their communications team to let them know that, hey, this has changed. You might want to just post status updates now, get rid of the images. So while we prepare them with those images, videos, text. We try to help them stay aware of what we're learning through our partners. I know you mentioned that Facebook was king in the beginning. You just you had Snapchat last year. Is there a network, if you had to pick one, that is still, at the end of the day, moving into 2017, it's your bread and butter or it's still the most important network? Are you able to choose one of those social channels? I think so. I think it's nice that Instagram feeds into um, Facebook now and that since they're owned by the same, it helps uh, that we utilize both. But I think that we would still consider Facebook to be king. While students are actively posting on it, they still have it on their phone. They're still monitoring it. They're using it more as a news feed. So it's creating that awareness. Um, parents are definitely more active on it and our faculty and staff and watching and sharing messages. And then grandparents now are our older generation have really taken over and the growth that we've seen in that population with utilizing Facebook has been tremendous. And so it's definitely the one that I think is the most widespread where you can target the largest audience with your messaging. And I think we just learned recently that students are still on Facebook and same with young alumni. You just don't post as much as you used to. You're there for, um, that's where they're searching their news. So they're still on it. And so they're going to see our messaging. They just may not react to it or post about it themselves. And right now it has the like the best way to facilitate a buy. So you can upload email addresses in the back end and target those specific population with your messages. Um, you can do interest of different things. And so it's the most cost-effective way to spend our budget as well. Yeah, and I'm curious about Facebook in particular because you mentioned the ad spend. You mentioned that you're getting user posts that are that are also coming in or other departments. What is the balance between just organic posts for the day of giving versus the amount of posts that are coming that are being supported by an ad buy behind it? So we do have um, a post for every hour on the day for ourselves as well as our participating units to post. They're mainly promoting this, the hourly challenges. So our hourly challenges are key in getting that organic content. Um, it really helps to get the user-generated content out and that we utilized in our thank you video and just utilize in um, communication after the day. Uh, so those posts are 
uh, best picture with your your pet um, in Purdue gear, or maybe selfie on campus with the Day of Giving t-shirt. So our units are posting that, or even just our individuals for those units, because that's how they win the bonus funds. So there's bonus funds for the winner of each of those hourly challenges. Um, in 2015, and we've expanded those hourly challenges each year uh, because we know that it helps to create that great content on the day and reaching a different audience. Um, so we started out with 12 in 2014, and we had 33 hourly challenges this year. Um, but it's really funny to see those evolve. So in 2015, we added a pet or baby challenge. Um, and man, that uh, that backlash that we got of, if we chose a pet, you have those baby people. And then pet people are definitely pet people and not baby people. So we learned that we had to separate that hourly challenge to be a pet hourly challenge and a baby hourly challenge. So it's really funny to see the audience get really um, engaged with those posts. I think this past year we had uh, just 9,000 posts for user-generated content of images. So we also instituted a user-generated content challenge prior to our day to help uh, encourage traction with the hashtag and to the website. So we chose a um, unique Purdue post each day uh, for the week leading up to our day of giving. It astounds me, the amount of content you're getting. The Purdue community is really amazing, and they really um, come out to support the day. And it's really our favorite part of the war room to watch the content come in. So we have the social media um, aggregator. We use Tent, and we have it displayed on the day. And so we are monitoring those hourly challenges. So if it's the Hail Purdue Instagram challenge, we're all sitting in the war room. And while, yes, we're making sure the donations are coming through correctly, we're also watching um, the videos that are coming in, and it really energizes everyone. It's also fun then to see which one wins. So we utilize an outside marketing firm, Saga Content, in which they sit in our room. They're with us the full 24 plus hours, and they're going through all of the entries of that user-generated content and picking the winner. So we always say that we're not the ones who award it, so don't be mad at us. Um, it helps us give an unbiased opinion to to our units. And it's just, it's really fun for us to be able to see what kind of unfolds throughout the day. And it really is a great way for our units to engage with their students and even young alumni, because I know you could fight back by saying, I'm already paying tuition or I'm paying my student debt. Um, I don't have the capacity to give. Well, if you share the message and you post one of these unique images, you're helping your favorite unit maybe win $3,000 in bonus funds. So it's an easy call to action to get everyone involved and not just giving. Um, but then once people are involved, they feel ownership of the day and they're more likely to make a gift. If we're talking about, I mean, this is a fundraising campaign. Uh, so obviously, and I know you mentioned increasing the donor pool and obviously raising, you want to raise more money each and every year. Um, can you talk about how you're evaluating success when it comes to each day of giving? I, I imagine it's multifaceted, but I'd love to hear your explanation. Absolutely. So we, again, look at first-time donors and kind of the year-over-year growth to ensure that we're increasing that donor count or that participation count. That's really our primary goal. Um, also, we really look at our students, our young alums, and our international audiences. Those three groups are are really um, constituent markets that we're not able to tap into in traditional methods. So we might not have good addresses for them or be able to mail to them. We don't want to necessarily call them through our call center or we don't have a good phone number for them. And then email with those three audiences we know gets lost in the shuffle and it's really hard to develop that relationship in that manner. So 
Day of Giving allows us almost that peer-to-peer outreach network to be able to facilitate really getting their attention and then converting them to make a donation or at least get their engagement. So while we look at, again, the participation, we're also watching our engagement and impression numbers on social and seeing what audiences we're able to reach. told so many incredible stories already I feel like about the day you know it, whether it's pranks or the war rooms the the pets and babies which who that's a tricky topic as you as you discovered I, I'm curious if you have a favorite moment or story from the various days of giving that you've had over the years oh, man. uh there's so many stories to try to tell um yeah, I think this past year was really great with our student event. We had a comedian, Vanessa Bayer, and Amber and I, although we had very much a lack of sleep uh, being in, in the war room since 7 p.m. the night previous prior, um, it was really cool to go meet her and see her engagement um, and excitement for the day. And just we're reaching such a different audience and, and getting to students. And I don't know, I was a little bit starstruck, starstruck meeting her, but it was great to see how she was passionate and excited about Day of Giving as well. It's not just the comedy show. And if, if Kate said, this is really hard. That's a, a difficult question because I think we really look forward to Day of Giving every year. It's an opportunity for us to kind of think outside the box in a fundraising strategy. Um, it allows us to really push our brand from that traditional to what would be attention grabbing. Um, I would say that Probably one of my favorite moments. I mean, we have so many. We were the the uh, mascots in the thank you video in year two. We've kind of taken on a lot of different roles throughout this process. But I think in year two, we did the concept, I'm a Boilermaker. And the intro video was just really powerful. And so from helping with the script to really shape and mold it to watching it come to fruition would have been one of my favorite things. And just the shares we got on social media and the people who really loved the video and bought into it, it it really made a difference. And it's such a shift because if they're sharing that message, well, it's not all about giving. It's just the pride that people have in the institution. And it really just helped us create a phenomenal day. I would also say, so we do stay the whole 24 hours. Our boss, we mentioned, uh, the assistant vice president for development operations, as well as our vice president and different people come in. So I would also say that between the hours of like midnight to 4 a.m. are probably the most humorous and really fun. And it's something that you probably can, very few people can say that they spent 24 hours at the office with their vice president. And not very many vice presidents would probably stay that whole time. Uh, She puts some... an air mattress in her office and allows us to nap throughout the day. And it's just a very fun and unique time. Just the memories that you create mm-hmm. on that are probably uh, ones that most people don't get to experience in any of their careers. Yeah. And I think a testament to your, your team is that not only are you saying that you've spent 24 hours at the office and, and lived to tell the tale, you're doing it year after year. You, you're not just doing it once people are coming back and, and taking this on multiple times. I think that's incredible. In year one, we were prepping for the day for meals. 
<laughs> we were like, oh, we'll just order Jimmy John's. We'll just order pizza for dinner. It'll be fine. And we got so caught up in the day that we forgot to order dinner until like 11 p.m. And so our facility manager, she's like, okay, I'm going to make sure I order food for this next year. And she would bring water and put it in Amber, in front of Amber and I to make sure we were drinking enough fluid. So it's just really it, the whole team effort. It takes a village. And it's so fun. I, I just don't even know how to explain every little mm-hmm. thing about it. I'm sure that there are a lot of people out here listening to this episode that are, are already running their own version of a, of a day of giving. But for those who have not implemented this kind of fundraising concept yet, what would be you know, your top pieces of advice for someone who is considering launching this kind of a fundraising concept? So we have five key takeaways that we encourage any institution or not-for-profit to consider when um, they're starting to plan their giving days or when they're looking to maybe revamp or enhance their giving days. And the first one for us is just a campus-wide commitment. So we really look at the top-down approach. We are so fortunate, as we've mentioned multiple times, our vice president for development is definitely our key champion of the day. She really embraced our big idea and helped us run with it. And she also worked really hard to make sure that she got the um, the president's buy-in. So he supports the day. So when you have that type of top-down approach, it's really easy to engage whatever audiences or units that you have within your institution. So for us, that's our colleges, our schools, our auxiliaries, bands, PMO, um, athletics that we're able to then harness their energy and really build a great synergy around the day. So aside from that, we also have really utilized, as Kate mentioned earlier, April being such a great time on campus with the events that we have. We have advisory boards for each of our colleges that come back. So they're able to then harness that and allow them to help become their biggest cheerleaders for each of their units to help drive momentum and success on the day. And then again, we have a student and community event that we really utilize. So that campus-wide commitment and everybody building upon the same thing is really helpful. So that's our first takeaway that we always have is just trying to get that buy-in up front and really looking for that top-down approach if possible. Um, We also then, our second takeaway would be to engage major gift officers. So this strategy has really worked for us um, in order for our students and young alumni to feel like their $10 makes a difference and that the day is much bigger than themselves. And so they really feel like they own that grand total at the end of the day versus I just gave this little amount towards that total. No, I was part of something that raised X amount of dollars. So our major gift officers really make that possible. We try to provide them with the tools necessary to make that ask. We tell them to utilize it as a tool in their toolkit because it creates that sense of urgency to help close that major gift. So um, while 90% of our total comes from those major gifts or offline support, 90% of our participation and donations come from online on the day. So it's, it's a balance for us, but we find that it really works to engage a larger audience. And there have been some really great stories that have come about it. I know in uh, 2015, we had 
an individual in our civil engineering, our, call, our school of civil engineering, who closed a $2 million gift at 4 p.m. He brought the paper over. He knew the donor wanted to do something for Day of Giving, and he didn't know how much. And so it was really great to see that happen. And the donor was just watching the leaderboard to see where civil was during the day, and they knew what it would take to get civil to the top of the pack. So that's awesome. And then we've had a gentleman um, who had a lifetime giving of $800 call in and support the College of Agriculture and endow a scholarship and an endowment up to 25000 So really, while yes, we use major gifts um, as a way to just drive momentum, they are really organic on the day. And we've had some really great calls or um, gifts closed because of it. We live by the phrase momentum and success. <laughs> and then our third key takeaway would be a unifying message. So opportunity granted was what we utilized in 2014 and really have found a way to weave it in all four years. I think that we really um, came together with our core team and our marketing firm to talk through some options. And we had some great ones. But at the end of the day, Opportunity Granted is all encompassing for the Purdue community. So our radio station can really harness that message. Our cancer center, while they don't have students that with scholarship support can use Opportunity Granted, it's really an all-inclusive approach and allowed us to brand the day because everybody was utilizing it. And our fourth key takeaway is to kind of use that message and create a toolkit for our units. Um, it's really great. We create, we have a lot of elements in the toolkit. It's really to make them successful. So there's more than they would ever need to be successful. We have email copy, event announcements, radio announcements, a save the date card, a full page advertisement for say a magazine, um, a fact sheet about all of the challenges that happen on the day, logos and widgets for different websites. We have social content for um, the month before the day that increases in cadence leading up to the day and then a post for every hour on the day. And we know that that may be overwhelming for some participating units and so they take that um, and they can use how many posts make sense for their platform. They can also do different things. You can take the post and use it as is. So you're sharing exactly what the main Purdue platforms share or you can replace it and say, join me in donating to the College of Agriculture on Purdue Day of Giving. So just adding that phrase, or you can just really take it to the next level and create your own content. We have um, a Photoshop overlay that relates to the brand on the day, so they can just plug and chug their photos into that and still have a cohesive look and feel, which is really nice. Now we've learned that there's varying levels of participation within our units based on bandwidth, and that's something that we understood out of the gate in 2014, another one of my favorite memories is Kate and I walked across campus in January, which we're in West Lafayette, and it was very snowy and cold that year. And we went to all of our participating units to just find out what could we do to help them because we knew that them helping us, them would only help us. And so we needed um, their support. And so we tried to give them no option to get out of it. So if we give you everything under the sun to make it as easy as possible for you to just copy and paste, then that's great. And then the one, the units that really took it to the next level and customized, they're the ones who are on top of the leaderboard. And so since then, it's been kind of that trickle effect. Every year, everybody really just takes it to the next level. And so we're, we're always increasing the momentum because of it. And then our last takeaway is to use game theory. So our day would not be as successful without the different challenges. You can view all of our challenges on our website at davegiving.purdue.edu, uh, clicking on the leaderboards tab. 
So I can give a brief overview of the ones that we have now, but if you wanna see them um, from this past year, go, go to the website. So we have a main match challenge that the, all the 62 main participating units participate in, and you can win a percent of $100,000 based on your percent of the overall total raise. And the reasoning behind that is so that every unit gets a little bit of something. They have some skin in the game. And um, then we have a main participation challenge. So the top 10 participating units with the most number of gifts on the day receive a breakout of $55,000. So it's really great that they can um, use this in real time to get more gifts. So say you're in 11th place, buy five gifts, really use that messaging on the day to get you to 10th place. Um, we even use that messaging at the end of the day where we really wanted to get to 15,000 gifts and we are probably about couple hundred off and at 11 p.m. we really pushed that hard to get to 15,000 and we got there and it was really exciting to see. Within like a matter of minutes too it was amazing um, yeah to see the difference that a little bit of utilizing our own recipe that we asked the units to use um, facilitated such a big difference in a number on our day. Yeah we had some members from our athletics development team mm -hmm. in the in the war room they were trying to help us connect with some of the professional athletes that are Purdue alums to push it out on their networks again. They already help us during the day. Mm -hmm. So it was really fun to see that. Um, then there's a student organization challenge. So that was instituted in the second year. So we've only had it for three years of the four years of Day of Giving, but it really engages our campus, our students to get involved. Um, and not only is it then peers asking peers, so students asking students for support, but also students asking their parents for support. So it's not coming from the university, it's coming from your student. And great things have really come from that. And theirs is all participation based, so just number of gifts. Um, and this year we tiered it based on the type of organization they were, but just some really great examples. We had a student make 181 gifts to help his student organization be at the top of the leaderboard. So there's a $10 minimum on the day for the challenges. And so he gave $1,810 on the day. And so you probably didn't realize you were giving that with increments of $10, but it's really cool to see that he's now a member of our President's Council Giving Society because of that. Um, we had a parent give 51 times to 15 different places on campus because of all the different um, organizations and schools that her daughter was a part of. So you have these really great stories that wouldn't happen outside of that or the amount of giving, the collective giving that someone is giving outside of these challenges. Um, and then that's where the hourly challenges come in next. Uh, we have most faculty and staff donors of the hour. That one has really taken off. Our College of Liberal Arts have, has won all four years, and it's really cool to see them uh, not want to get beat each year. And there's most parent donors, most student donors, most donors of the last decade, but also the social challenges that we talked through before. Um, these really drive donations, and we saw a peak in giving in 2014, so we knew we needed to increase those challenges. So that's why now we're from... 12 in 2014 to 33 in 2017. So they really do harness um, the power of, of game theory. Um, I have seen multiple people give gifts throughout the day to the hourly challenges that relate just to them. So it's fun to see that. And I would say some of the hourly challenges really create the best content. I know we've mentioned this before, but one of the challenges, we weren't sure how much content we'd get out of it. It's an I gave challenge. So we asked our users to share posts about why they gave on day of giving and it has just blown us out of the water each year with how many people share that message and customize that message. And they're really great stories and, and um, quotes that come out of that. So those are our five key takeaways in helping to plan or institute or even take your giving day to the next level.
Kate and Amber, thank you so much for sharing so much information about these, these days of giving. This is incredible. It's our pleasure. We're always um, happy to help answer questions or facilitate strategy or conversations centered around day of giving. It's one of our favorite times of year and we love to relive it as much as possible. Yeah, and of course, before we completely let you off the hook, um, there's a couple housekeeping matters we want to take care of on the show. First of all, you've been so helpful you know, and so informative on this episode. Where can listeners of this episode find you online to, to connect to talk further? Yeah, Amber and I are both on LinkedIn, searching either Amber Turner or Catherine Jolly um, through LinkedIn. Excellent. And of course, each week we ask our guests to give a social shout out to two colleagues or individuals that deserve you know, more recognition of the work that they're doing. Uh, did you both come with both individuals in mind? We did. Mine is a two-parter. I have two people. <laughs> totally fair game. The more, the merrier. So I would like to give a special shout out to, I know we've talked about them a lot on this show, our marketing um, firm that we utilize. So it's Saga Content and the individuals are Charles and Nils and they are an extension of our team. Uh, they feel like one of us uh, throughout the planet of Day of Giving and just throughout the year. Uh, we couldn't do the day without them. Um, they're great to bounce ideas off of. They'll tell us if we're crazy um, or talk us down from an extreme idea that we may have or that we do have. Um, this year, Nils was great in filming content on the actual day and then turning it around and putting that into the thank you video that then was released at 3 a.m. And Charles has such a calmness uh, to him that really helps you in your um, stressed out mode on the day. He can always take it down a level and help you with crafting those responses that may be tricky um, during the during the actual time um, when you haven't had any sleep and neither have they. But it's been fun to grow with them the past four years and we look forward to continuing our relationship uh, with, with their team. And then mine would definitely be um, the person that I know we've mentioned her as well that we couldn't have done the day without. So our vice president for development, Amy Noah, she has been our biggest fan, our biggest supporter. We would not have been able to facilitate the day without her buy-in and um, approval. One of my favorite moments, I know I'm gonna talk about moments all the time. <laughs> I You said pick one, I can't pick one. But um, in 2014, we had met with Charles and Mills and kind of developed some concepts and then went to present them to her on how do we name the day. And I remember going down there with a piece of paper and it said Purdue Day of Giving. And she was like, that's it? That's what you guys came up with? And at the end of the day, it's so fitting. We told the audience what we wanted to tell them. It's a day about giving. It's a day in support of Purdue University. And at the end of the day, she is the biggest supporter of Purdue University. She works tirelessly to make sure that we are bigger and better every year and that we really she gives us the flexibility and the freedom to try new things to really push the envelope i know we went to her with putting a zip line across our football field in 2015 and uh, you know she didn't bat an eye she said go get the approval make it happen and we did and so i mean there there are things that i think other people would think that we were insane when we approached them with some of our ideas and she really just trust us and allows us to really run with it and our day would not be as successful without her yeah just incredible and i know you mentioned that top-down support earlier in the show and I, I think that's just so emblematic of that absolutely 
Well, Keen, uh, Amber, again, thank you so much for, for joining the Hashtag Higher Ed podcast. The Purdue Day of Giving is such an incredible event to follow every year, and I'm so excited that we were able to get you on the show to share the lessons and stories of, of Purdue's Day of Giving. Thanks for having us. It's a, always fun to talk about it and to really just relive the moments. I think a lot of um, memories were just brought back up to the service <laughs> that I had forgotten about for, for at least a few years. <laughs> I even talked about the lack of food. I know. <laughs> 